0: Oh, well, there's only one Dr. Paula Price, and she is
1: here with us tonight. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> I figured God had enough trying to manage this particular model. So we decided to make it a little easier for him, or maybe he made it easier for himself and said, I'll just make one. One's a plenty. <laughs> well, it is now, Tuesday night, and in one week, we will be in our annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Yay. Are you excited, Prophet Ashley? I'm super excited.
0: Um, Whatever God has in store, it's gonna be great. Sunny day? Yes.
1: It's gonna be memorable. Mm. He's moving stuff, yes. and we were sitting there today watching him move in. I said, "Look at the forces moving on in, getting ready to do business for the Holy Ghost." You know, he's sending his team. I love when he does that. Yeah, that means we have help. Yeah, the help is here. And it's, all, it's nice that he does it a week early. But we need that extra strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of need that extra strength for him to do whatever. We, we have to get done with what we have to do. But I'm excited about where we're going, Prophet Ashley. Because what are you thinking? Uh, has the Lord been talking to you prophetically about this upcoming event? If you were going to give someone three good reasons to be here, even at this time, catch a bird, a plane, or, yeah. you know, pigeon. Hey, baseline. Yeah, well, you know, it could be, you know, one of them pterodactyl kind of things. <laughs>
0: yeah, for Jurassic thing. Uh, three reasons. One, reset your mantle. Uh, I like that answer. Reset your mantle. Uh, sometimes you need a, a factory reset. And you do that, as we know with technology, when things are almost working right but not really, you know, the hardware is okay, but there's just a reset that needs to happen to bring it, it's like it's out of alignment, not yeah. think with itself sometimes. And so first I would say, reset the mantle. Two, learn what it is to become scripturally organic, culturally modified profit. I really should say that's one, Yeah. because... Our greatest issue is mantle contamination. Oh, come on, come on. Hey, you know? Okay. Mantle contamination, you can read if few things. I have. Doing, you going to I've Mantle contamination, huge problem. Pollution, huge problem. Mm-hmm. And we, if we can take what we know, plus I had this great conversation with Marie about polluted water and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Uh last weekend, but thinking about that for the mantle, so that would be one, and then the two would be the recess, and three would be uh, getting connected with rooted, anchored biblical prophets.
1: Now that is all and right. apostles. Yes,
0: because prophets meet apostles. Yes, and apostles need prophets, and both come to this event.
1: We need them both.:
0: Yes, and I love that, because so many prophets are out there struggling mm-hmm. because they haven't found their apostles.
1: That is
0: so now, true. they may be within apostles or around apostles, but it doesn't mean they found theirs. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to tell because the prophet's mantle are not really operating at full capacity, and neither are the apostles. So it's really hard to tell. Everybody's feeling their life. Yes, yes, if you haven't just not found the right person or if we're all guessing, you know, mm-hmm. where's the manual? And what I love about our ministry and the way you do things is you're writing the manual. Yes. literally. I
1: have manuals for everything. The user manuals
0: for these mantles. Yes. And it's not until you just sit down and knuckle down and look at those 300 pages in a manual. You're like, 300 pages? I just want to hit play. It's coming on. It's probably sticking it. Go, my. Do I need? be. Oh, oh, this. That's how we feel about the fact. I just want to prophesy. I just want am not that. I just want to be a gospel. And then
1: you get the mail, and you're like, oh. So I really wasn't doing the job at all. Because people don't know the job. As long as you say, I'm operating my gift, you aren't doing the job.
0: Right.
1: Nobody goes to work every day for their gift. I'm going to yeah. gift tomorrow. I'm going to my gift tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: going to my office. Yeah. Building.
1: Okay. You say, I'm going to my office or I'm going to my job. But you don't really say that. So I think that's really powerful that you came up with those three. One of the things I liked was the reset. The reset, I think, actually, is very important because. You kind of know, how do I know if that's me? How do I know if I need that? When you remember working and doing better than you are presently, you're off. You need a reset. You know, when, you're, when you first get your computer and it gets really crazy and you've called the Microsoft people and the, the computer people and you've called everybody, everybody, people, and I'll they order. all said, you know, why not a factory reset? I think that's
0: in order.
1: Now, we dread the factory reset. You <laughs> know, we drank that. Yes, we called all nine of those numbers and we stayed on the phone, listening to all of that music. Right. Because there's always a lot of music. And the wait. And the wait. And the woman that tells me that I am number 43 in the queue. Yes. But I'm yes. fixing my computer, so I'm going to write me a book while I'm on number 43. I'm going to write a book. And you will write a book while you're on hold. I will. <laughs> and so here we are number 43, and you get them, and after all they tell you to try, they say, so how about factory reset? Because your machine is no longer functioning the way it was designed. Uh-huh. And they may ask you all these questions. Did you, did you clean out the cookies? Cleaned out the cookies. Did you clean out the calves? I did all of that. Did you get, dump some temper? I, I did that. Did that. Did you pick up a bug? Probably. That's why I'm talking to you right now a lot of prophets got bugs you know those mammals have a lot of bugs you know and all of that because you, you you there is no place for you to go and say i I can still function, but if I want to be at peak function, I need to go here you know it always reminds me of the, um, the, the one of the shows little um, what do you call it uh, earth shows they have where all of the big mammals go to this place to get clean Uh and so they all go to their little salon we call it the you know mammal fish salon and they go there and all of these smaller fish come and clean them up and it get all up in their nose and it gets all in their ears and teeth it goes all up in everything they have and even though in any other setting those mammals would eat those fish for dinner it's a rule. Nobody eat these fish because these are our cleaners. Mm-hmm. And so every now and then you might need to go to a cleaner, not because you sinned. Uh-huh. It, you could have, it could be because you've been so effective. Mm-hmm. You know, even success needs a reset because you expend everything you have. We're fond of talking about Elish, Elijah. Um, you know, hiding out in the mountain and and you know one day God said, You know you all just so don't think you know he, well you know he said to me recently he said, I really want you to tell them to med- the He wants us to meditate the body of Christ meditate on what did he mean when he said, But you do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the nor the power of God, so you know as you're going forward in this year, have your people and you yourself just mull that over in your mind, turn it over, dig into it. Because I did, and I realized that God was saying without the knowledge of the scriptures, you are prone to err. Right. Who knew that was in there? Okay? And if you don't know the scriptures, you won't know God's power, which means you'll play with anybody's power thinking as God. Hence, mental contamination. Yeah. And then so you could have been successful. You could have been so successful that you came up under a warfare. You may have come into, you know, run ground or some power or something. You know, it happens. You may have done all of that. And so it's not always that you're weak or that you failed or that you're flawed. It could be that you were so successful it's time for you to get an upgrade. It's time for you to get a new mantle, a new or at least a, a renovation of the one you have. So that is why we do this. And so I thought when you started talking about mantle upgrade, or uh, reset, rather, I thought, yeah, because so many times you don't realize it. Now, pastors understand burnout, but why is it prophets don't know burnout? We got, I, if you hit burnout in the Christian sites, it is endless how many articles on burnout, you know, in terms of it. And, you know, some of them, I think it's a little exaggerated personally, but that's a whole other point. That's for another session. But when you think about it, uh, humans get burnt out. Every office gets burnt out. But it's the prophets that think they're somehow or another insulated against normal wear and tear. Are you all flowing with me tonight? Because some of you all are burnt out from just normal wear and tear, from the obediences, from the determinations, from the fights, from the breakthroughs, from the deliverances, the healings, from taking on other folks' stuff. To this day, we have not exhausted the reality of what happens when we lay hands on somebody to heal them. We have not yet exhausted what that looks like and what happens to us when it happens, when we do that. You know, we want everybody. We can all lay hands on everybody. That's right. But you know what? There are times you need a group. So there are things Jesus said to his apostles when he sent them away. And they came back, they were all excited, and he said, oh, that's good. Let's go, let's go outside because you need that cleaner. You need to go to that, that big fish salon and get the parasites and stuff off you. He did the same with the 70s. And he wanted them to rest because you are those are real combat. Just because you it's all invisible doesn't mean it's it's unreal, and doesn't mean that it's it's not impactful. Which is why so many Christians get sick because you bought into that. And then you know what I love you know what, to me about Christians you know the, the cockiness of the of of that final doctrine that got so many people in hospitals and in the grave is real. You know, oh, help me. Listen to me. This is gut. I want you to lean in. If you've been in God's service more than twenty years, you have used up twenty years of your normal life reserves. You know what God said to me? Because we so believe that the, the that we're saved and we're so to believe that salvation renovated our mortal bodies that we don't buy if we don't get the truth. So you know, ask God. When he and I were talking about how so many healthy people can have heart attacks. Now, this is just an aside. Say she digresses. All right. So I ain't digressing. May not be where I end up, but it is where I'm starting. And I said to God, I said, but God, why? He said lost, sin, and death. I said, what? He said lost, sin, and death. He said the same reason that they sit athletes down when they're 30 because they can't keep that pace It's the same reason you ought not to be trying to do The same repetitions you did as a teenager Law of sin and death Those organs Are worn, you're not re- re- Reproducing the same energies You're not reproducing the same strength The same vigor, you lose vigor You lose strength And so you're, and everybody's like Yeah, I've done all these repetitions Why did he drop dead? Because the heart is still On, on God's law of sin and death time. Their heart is like I don't know what to tell you. I'm supposed to be operating at this level at this age in your life. You're trying to make me do that. I just don't have it. Now I figure, you know, he told me. He tells me, I, well, you know, God and I hang. I hang in his his library and his archives. It's really fun in there. It's great. But God tells me, He said, "You all are wondering what it is. You're trying to exercise as if you're 20. You're not 20. Your body isn't 20. Your mind is 20." No. my mind tells me every day I could do stuff. And my body said, I'll try it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Well. One day I trying to do stuff, so I was really excited because I'm, you know, I'm trying to take my weight. And I was really excited. My body said, well, I'm going to leave you on this. <laughs> I'm pulling back. You don't have sense enough to pull back. It's kind of like the new cars they have. You don't have sense enough to hit the brakes. I'm going to get them for you. I'm going to hit the brakes for you. I'm
0: going
1: to save you from yourself. So whoever you are, you're about to get on an exercise program and you you really have a trainer who is young. That's one of the problems about having young trainers when you are not their age group because they have no idea how much the body turns down every decade. This machine is programmed to die. Just because we, we cheat death now and again, we stave off death, we prolong it, we, we, we kind of slow the aging process, not a person on the planet is going to tell you, hey, we beat the aging process. You aren't going to hear that because you can't beat it. And you know why you can't beat it? Because it's in the dirt. You cannot beat it because it's in the dirt. And I give these classes... With my folk all the time.
0: <laughs> what is What's the reason?
1: Don't I know it? <laughs> kind of crazy! It's in the dirt. You cannot beat it. Now you can adjust to it. You can you can push back. And no, everybody should. You can eat right. Eat right. We are doing it here. Eat right. Walk. Do your exercises. But don't act like you can just because you get away with doing a hundred repetitions or something once. You can do it every day because you can God said to me one day. You know, me and God, we talk. And he was talking about, like, these very, very, you know, these people were, when we went through the whole zero body fat, he said, if they could see the tiny, tiny tears in the tissues holding their organs, he said, they would be surprised at how much damage they're doing. He said, because when you take away the strength even to support the organs because you're too thin, they start to tear. So we can buy all of these stuff. Don't you think Satan knows this? He's just getting folks to the grave quicker. He's like, all I know is I'm supposed to have a subject, a subject in my hell, and y'all gonna be part of my subject. So get on down there. So we we're doing that. So you you when you think about it, because you, you're gonna do it. Some of you won't. I, I wanna I'm gonna just I can still do it, especially men. Men are known for not, you know, they're gonna beat ties and men gonna beat everything. So they going to beat some time. And time is like, all I know is when you're gone, I'm still going to be tick tock, tick tock, because that's what I do, and it's built in us. We think it's just in the calendars. We think that it's just in our in our clocks, in our furniture. You think? I mean, why do you think we started calling uh, just Italian furniture distress and selling it as a fashion statement? Because we realize we can't beat it, so we have to rename it. Let's rename it, assimilate it into culture. You know, we got, to, we got to market it because we have more distressed furniture, more decaying things than we have living things. Now, this is just God talk. You know, I'm just going to tell you what God and I talk talking about. We talk about stuff like this all the time. So you can go ahead and say, well, you know what? I beat it all day long. The law of sin and death is interesting. And here you are, those of you who have had major illnesses, in kidney issues and you'll you feel like you're bounced back and liver diseases and all of those kind of things and lung things and heart things, understand the minute that one blow that brings you close to death happens, your head is broken. And you can do all of that Christian running like nothing ever happened and going back the way it is and all of that all day long. But you have entered into a new status in the life-death cycle. And you have, had a, you have had an encounter with that which is keeping us all in and out the planet on God's time. And I'm saying it as gently as I know how. But those of you who are astute, you know what I'm saying to you. So jumping back out there, I'm ready, I'm good to go, I'm telling you, by the spirit of the living God, it doesn't make a difference how wonderful your body handling is wonderful, that's great, and any doctor will tell you on the surface, nobody knows that you got 97 stitches. But your body knows, and you're going to have to realize that if you are 30, you are not going to do push-ups like you're sixteen. If you are 40, you're not going to do it. Your body is not going to give you the energy. It's not going to give you the replenishment because it doesn't have it. And it's not going to find it because it's not in the, the cycle, your turn-down cycle, for it to do so. Now, again, this is not about abusing yourself. This is certainly not about sitting home and rolling off and, you know, eating whatever you want to eat. This is not about that. But I, I feel like God has given me a word for somebody because to save your life because the enemy has issued a death sentence on a lot of people in the body of Christ. And many of them are going to look healthy, and you're not going to know why. You're not going to know the, the, the binging and purging behind the doors. You're not going to know the, the, the not eating. You're not going to know the the mountain of pills they take. You're not going to know that. Now, why am I saying that? Because God said, I'm tired of taking a rap for a premature death that I had nothing to do with. And diseases and traumas and illnesses that I had nothing to do with, that people built up in your own body. A lot of those drinks, Somebody is drinking a strange drink. I don't even know the name of it. I just see the letter V-I-V, and that's all I see. But I'm telling you, you you have to know your body makeup. And so if you're a Christian and you're sitting there saying, well, no, God will take care of me. Don't think that. Death works for God. And death is not built to make decisions. Death does not make judgment calls. It just doesn't. You just beat it or you don't. And it, it works in cycles. Death works in cycles. It systematically wears you down so that it can win. It weakens you on purpose. And I give this conversation, you know, because I had to give this conversation with with a couple of my own members, and I said, but you see, baby, you're playing with this thing. Death is serious. In God's world, they don't have a game called cheat death. Not in his world. In his world, they all have spheres of domain." in which they don't cross each other's. And all of them answer to God. So when you have, when you, if you're you just coming back from an illness and you're saying, I am fine, I feel great, or somebody, I'm looking at somebody, you're just coming up, you got a wonderful report from your doctor about cancer, you ready to hit the ground? Uh-uh, slow down. Because your body is still clay. That's all I know. Your body is clay. And when clay breaks, you glue it back together if you can. If it shatters, it go, it crushes and becomes part of the dust for the next clay vessel to be made from it. And God told me, He said, "I'm telling you, there's, a, there's I'm telling you, the enemy is called because there, are some people's lifestyles, some I mean, their livelihood, the enemy is called for this. Now I know you want to say that's not God and all of that, but I'm going to go back to Jesus Christ." who said, Satan has desired you to assist you as we? So we don't know all of their interactions. We don't know any of those. I don't know them. Some of you all may know them. I don't know them. If I did, I wouldn't tell you because what are good would it. But we do know this much. And I want you to understand, death is not a wrestling partner for sports, he's not a sport partner. Death is a literal entity that facilitates the life-death cycle of the earth and the, the, the keeping of the species going. You have got to know that the law of sin of death is real. And when I say sin, I'm not talking about omission, because sometimes people think sin is just about what you did. Sin is being flawed. Sin is being mortal. Literally, mortality is sin. Sin is being mortal. The fact that we die is sin. That's why it's the law of sin and death because that's not what God started out with. So I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right now, if you are over 40, you need to stop doing all those repetitions because you are not going to get the energy you think you have. Your body is where it is. You need, And if you have, sometimes you have these young, I have one. These young trainers, and you look at them and you think you're so busy trying to prove age didn't get you, you're tearing yourself up. Age got you. Deal with it. And don't worry about hanging around long enough, age is going to get (laughs) there. Because age is also like death. See, these these are absolute powers. You know, we like to say there are no absolutes, but these are absolute powers. These powers don't ask permission. They don't even ask God permission. They operate on God's restraint. They operate on God's intervention. They respond to God's supersedence. They do not ask permission. They are absolute. I have no idea why we're here, but I just sat down here and this is what God told me to tell you. These are absolute powers. And they are not absolute like, like autonomous machines. They are literal, intentional, and intelligent beings that will outsmart you and outwit you because they've seen it all. They've heard it all. They've done it all. They know the look of the call for them in your eyes, in your face, in the sound of your voice. So you have to stop acting as if you had the control over them. They have a date. When they said, if the date says you're not going to be here past 60, by 40, they are breaking you down because it's what they do. If you're going to be here till 90, they're going to start wearing you down by the time you're 50. That's why your body keeps turning down every decade. It turns down. And so you become a very, very powerful 40, but you never become 20 again you're becoming a, a very powerful fifty, but you will never be a teenager again. You can run up and down that court. You can sit on the court and talk about how you can do your mind can tell you go for it, guy. You got it. You know, you could think you could do the little cheers leading stand again. You could try it all day long. And you know what? Your body won't. And you'll push it and you know what it'll say? I told you. I told you we don't do that anymore. The reason you want to stay healthy is because you want to make sure you are always operating at your peak for where you are, your peak, the best of what you have. We're in a country where you can do that. But don't get into fanaticism because I'm telling you, God told me, he said a lot of these organs are failing because they're torn. They have, he said they have even finer than hairline rips and tears from all of the stress put on them because they can't deliver and they don't recover. When you did that as a kid, you know, you you hit your arm as a kid, by the, the next evening and it's gone. You know, if you ever see a baby, I mean babies, come on. <laughs> you know, he and you know he's toying with us. You know he's toying with us. You're like, yeah, see, you know, we know you can do better than that, God. But he, this cycle is what it is. And we need to work to be our best through it. But God is looking for us to begin to cooperate. When, when people pray for God to spare their life, you're literally asking God to use his sovereignty to intervene in what is routine. And you know he loves doing it. He said, I delight in mercy. But you know what? He needs to do it for a reason. I keep telling people that God doesn't just do things without a reason. Because if he did, he'd upset the routine he set in motion. So clearly, which is why he tells us to move into Christ Jesus, because there's a different law, and there's a different dimension of authority in Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, a lot of people take that to me a lot of people take that to mean that it gets rid of your mortality. No, it gets rid of your eternal doom. It takes death out of your spirit so that your spirit stops programming your soul to die. But your body is going to go back to the dust. Because it has to. How else is he going to get you in the new one he has for you? You, is this okay, saints? Can we talk like this? Because I know that, you know, we don't, you don't hear a lot of this kind of conversation in, in, in church and in whatever, but yet we have you all dropping like flies and nobody's helping us. You guys are wounded and worn out and beat down, etc., not even knowing why, not even knowing why. You just and, and you're, you're you're buying into this cultural liberty that's that's just a self-pitch. It can't happen. You know, I'd love to hear people say. I love it when I hear scientists say, "We're going to stamp out aging, not until you leave this planet." And all of the universe is under the same curse. So I don't know which one you're going to. Because he said, "I will punish the world for this sin and the earth." So what's the world? The cosmos. So which one are you going to? I can't help you. You can pack up and do all the little big money trips all day long. You're going to make your little ships to run from death from a planet that is doomed That you and the producer make your materials for the ship from the doomed planet. Does anybody see how crazy that is? I mean, think about it. That's like saying I'm going to make a wonderful car. Now, I mean, granted, we do well mixing it up and all of that, but don't they still rot? Don't they still rot? Don't they still decay? Don't they still rust and tear up? Corrosion is real because it's in the ground, and it's in the air, and, you, and it's what it is. Now, we do a great job. But understand, God already knows how he's going to wrap this up. Why am I having this conversation? Now I shift it to this. Because God knows how he's going to wrap it up. He he, he told us how he's going to wrap it up. He said, I'm going to let the ecology self-destruct. I'm going to take off my restraints and allow its full deterioration to run its course. He said that. Which is why when God tells us, you know, I love the fact that he did what he did with Jesus Christ. I absolutely love it because we now, when we come from under the law of sin and death that's imposed on Adam's sons and the children of disobedience, when we come from under that, God, we now have a reason for God to resentence us, to commute our sentence. To prolong us, to give us amnesty, to fund off diseases. He said to Israel when he brought them in their land, he said, Listen, you all obey me, I will let none of the diseases that hit Egypt come on you, even though they're in your genes, even though they're in your seed, even though you'll be in the wilderness with nothing but meat. Well, come on, anybody hearing me? Did you just hit? Come on, I got that. Yeah. Did anybody catch that? Did you catch that? I want to know if you caught it. Because we have no idea how awesome that word is. He said, when you obey me, he said, I will let none of the diseases and the illness that hit the nations hit you even though it's in your gene pool. I don't know about you, but I think that's a powerful statement because that's more than I'm going to keep you from getting a common cold and nobody's going to catch a communicable disease. He's saying there won't be any communicable diseases in your midst to travel from person to person. No one is going to be sensitive to it. He said, but if you obey me. Why? Because it's the spirit that gives life. We talked a couple of weeks ago about God's law being life. It was to bring life. We have all of this kind of mis- misconstrued teaching that says the law is wicked and the law is evil and it's under the law and we're not under the law. And you got all of this kind of crazy teaching from folk who have to just sit down and read the Bible. And I mean, I'm not even doing it. Well, I do a little bit. But I mean, come on. Prophet Ashley is not letting me finish that statement. But it's it's in the Bible. The law is good. It said the law is spiritual and it is good and it is holy and it's meant to bring life. He said, but I am sold under sin. That's like putting really really bad gas in a really really good car. It just kind of hurts your heart, right? Oh, yeah, and, and and was nothing wrong with your problem before you put it in, mm. and it will never be right again.
0: Right.
1: And so you have to recognize that the law was never a problem. Just because God caused it the law of sin and death does not mean that it wasn't, that he did not have a counterbalance. And before there was Jesus Christ to bring us under the law, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Man, I tell you, God, I'm going to get excited all over again. My soul, my soul, my soul, my soul, my soul. I've been doing it. I'm telling you, we've been sold a bill of goods, folks. Because he said, if the law, those Ten Commandments, God said were good, because I asked God once, well, if the Ten Commandments were terrible, why is Paul using them? I was like, did Paul know? I mean, maybe he didn't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he didn't have a. that's what it was. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but he was using them. He was quoting, you know, honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with you and that your days may be long upon the earth. It's the first commandment of the promise. Why is he using a commandment? You know, the Lord your God is holy. I mean, come on here. He's using them and yet they're terrible. Uh uh-uh. uh, something was missing. And what was missing was that now God didn't have to send you to a stone or piece of paper to find out how he rules and how his rule equals life. He put himself in you. The same author of the Ten Commandments is in you. And he's in you to give you life, to bring you from under the law of the spirit of life. Do you know? That when you read uh, Ezekiel, and I think it's Ezekiel Jeremiah, and they talk about God's spirit in you and, you know, God giving you a new spirit, it's only a couple of times that he adds the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Ghost in us is the life of God. God can give you a new spirit all day long. He gave Lazarus one. Didn't save him, but he got a new spirit. He got a new spirit, didn't he? four days, I'm thinking your spirit is somewhere. And if that spirit was all beat up and tattered enough to die, he get a new spirit. He gave Lazarus a new spirit then saved him. Because it's the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist who baptizes Jesus as an embryo and both women got to be born again. John has to be born again. Newsflash, newsflash, Jesus had to be born again. Am I there? I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm. Oh, by the way, I'm there. Just in case you didn't know. Can you imagine? And they knew it. And then they said, oh, the mother of my Lord has just come in the door. Now, Mary hasn't even told her that she just had this awesome experience with the Holy Ghost and she's now pregnant with Jesus. And she comes in the door, and the little says, ha, the sound of the mother of my Lord hits my ears, and the babe in my womb leaps. And you know, Jesus, excuse me, I reversed it. Jesus baptizes John the Baptist. He said he would be baptized from his mother's womb. And so Jesus as an embryo. Y'all flowing with me. As an embryo. Don't talk to me about an embryo. Because Jesus, as an Israel, baptized John the Baptist, who was a fetus, in his mother's womb. Don't tell me about abortion. You cannot sell me on abortion. you Don't tell me that. The Messiah, as an Israel, however, however long it took for that woman to leave from where she was in the hill country and go to her aunt Elizabeth, who was pregnant, that's how old Jesus was. And he baptized John the Baptist, who had been, it was foretold, he shall be baptized from his mother's womb. Now, I, you haven't seen me read this. That's how much I read this Bible. And I didn't just read it to recite it. I read it to tell you. They can't, there's no way in the world a Christian can be a Christian and not know that. But you know what there is, because your preacher didn't tell you. Your preacher told you God's a good God, and he didn't, he'll understand. But I'm telling you, differently. So whoever you are right now sitting on the side of your bed talking about I'm not know, I don't know if I'm going to keep it or kill it, I'm here to tell you that don't you let culture lie to you. If you have the courage to lay and get it, you better have the courage to deliver it and raise it. I don't care about what those devils say. I don't care about what those women say who don't serve God. I don't care about that. I'm telling you that from the time Mary heard from Gabriel, and it said the Holy Ghost will overshadow you, and that holy thing that will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Do you hear me quoting this to you? I'm, not, I'm telling you that's what it says. And it said, and they shall call his name Jesus Emmanuel, for he shall save his people from their sins. Bible. Don't you go to the abortion clinic, sis. Go on and suck it up and say, God, this is you. Don't go. Don't go. Because I'm going to tell you something about abortion. You can have that one, but you may not be pregnant, be able to get pregnant with another child. Because you might have been ordained to have one. Or you could be flushing twins or triplets and it's over. Don't go. You know, people ask me about abortion. I don't, I don't have a problem. to talk. I can teach you what the problem is. Christians anyway. I say, folks, the least they got to worry about is that because no matter what they do, they must be born again. Now, God would, God would love for them to let him bring the rest of his children and through them. That would be nice. But don't believe that. I know people are telling you that, and I know you're believing that, and somebody's told you hell's a better place, but I'm here to tell you how he going to get to hell. And, I mean, how are they going to get to heaven? Is hell's a better place or hell's where they're going? Everybody must be born again. Why do you think God saves so many tiny of premature babies? Why do you think he saves them? He saves them to save them. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's Bible. And you can read it. Read Luke. So how old was Jesus when he baptized, because the Holy Spirit wasn't here yet, so how old was Jesus when he baptized with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit comes by Jesus? Everybody teaches it. It's a theological fact. It's a traditional fact, and so we're talking about letting us know that from an embryo, he had the power of the Son of God. Now, let me just help y'all who did it because, you know, we all got a past. Thank God for the future. Just repent and go on. Everybody has a past. But you can't sit down there as a Christian counselor encouraging girls to to, to kill their children because God charges you with the death of those kids. So if you're a Christian counselor and you feel like you have to be, you know, they are not to have to suffer for their. If they got burned, they'd have to suffer. If they broke a leg, lost a limb, they'd have to suffer. So you have, you got pregnant, deal with it. Because there's no other, there's no less than any other trauma. You made a decision. You know, in today's time, I keep saying you got three decisions not to have, have to uh, go for an abortion. You got three, three, three things. Number one is abstinence. You could wait. Okay, but, you know, some folks get a little hot.
0: <laughs>
1: you can take birth control, which, of course, not God's best, but, you know, we'll have a conversation on that later. Or there is that other thing they do, the little morning after thing, just in case. So by the time you let that thing grow in you, you have decided to take a life. And I don't care how many earthly laws say otherwise, you have to give an account for those people that you, you yourself put your seat in the and in in place in the seat of God and decided they should not have the same shot you got. That's a mighty decision. That's a big decision. And the Holy Spirit of God is coming for that. And so let me just help you. God, I didn't know better. They told me it was okay. I thought it was okay. You know, I don't ever get mushy with God. Well, I do sometimes when I feel like I hurt his feelings. I hate that. But I don't get mushy with God. I reach you straight up. God, I'm corrected. I didn't know any better. I learned it. I understand it. And on and on and on we go. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you that if, the Holy, if Jesus, the Son of God, could have the intelligence, and the cognizance, and the awareness to literally fulfill the prophecy concerning John the Baptist. Well, somebody, hear me. You cannot tell me that's not a kid. Oh, isn't that a sweet thing? You know, y'all have to pray for me now because you know good and well I'm stepping out the boat. I'm walking on water now, guys. Yes, I am. I'm walking on water now, baby. In the storm. In the storm. Is that all right to say? Are y'all flowing with me tonight? All right, y'all better get my numbers up because, you know, sometimes y'all be mad. Y'all gonna come back on. <laughs> Rejoice. And you know why? I have to do this. Because if I don't do this, is me? I am not going to have your blood on my hands when I stand before the king. I'm not doing it. I did not get saved to be lost. And I know you have these people who are telling you, well, you know, the babies, you know, I mean, come on, daughters. No, uh -uh. the law of sin and death is a real law, and it is not not age-concerned. It's not age-specific. That's why if it was, then nobody would die until they hit the age. We don't know what age that is, but you know, if we say twelve is it, then nobody would die until they're twelve. So that's not it. That's why a baby who falls down the steps is not going to be any less susceptible to wounds and injury than an adult. The baby's just gonna get through well faster. Thank God. Thank God. It's important. I know you tell you people tell you that. You know, I studied this thing. I didn't just read this thing to remember it. I didn't say, Oh wow, that's really deep. That's great. no. And you know why? Ask me why. Ask me why. why? Thank you. Because if you didn't ask, I wasn't gonna no tell. Because nobody can fight, pull down the the imaginations that are tearing up our land without wisdom. There are forget Bible. Forget Bible. Let's just say I don't believe in Bible. I just want to know why is it we care more about a puppy getting run over by a car than a baby in the womb? And you going to tell me that's not a devil? Oh, yeah. That's a devil. Past feeling. People go to jail for killing dogs, and mamas are rewarded and paid to kill kids. You can't kill a pig, run over somebody's turkey in the road. You're going to jail. We, we we got the little ducks hold-up traffic. You're going to be late for work with <laughs> is mama and her sitting stuff, and nobody better run them over. Oh,
0: yes.
1: You better not run them over. You have to sit there and be late for work for ducks and birds. Now, we all know you got ducks. You can't kill them in the street, but you can order them in a restaurant. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, well, well. See, stupid has to be revealed as stupid. And yet a little kid doesn't get a shot? You can a duck can make me lose a day's pay? Well, oh, think about it, folks. See, but you can't you cannot discuss this in any other way. You cannot tell me when you I thank God for science. I love the people with the little you know, they show you the little pictures of the little baby, and we find you realize it's not a tadpole. It's a baby. Got eyes, nose, face. Because what else were you going to get with two human reproductive materials coming together but humans? And if, if the baby is not alive when you do it, when do they become alive? Because the little pictures we saw, they was running around. As a matter of fact, they talked about the little tadpoles ran around. Why was it moving? Live means animated. I want you to think differently, and this, and I want you to understand that the, that God put all of the reproductive material for mankind in Adam and Eve. He put it all in them. There's no vault in heaven. He put it all in them. He put. Every Christian he would have in Jesus Christ before he did anything. When he brought Jesus Christ forward, he brought him forward with you and I already there. Already, guys. We were already there. So this whole story about these people who had dreams looking at all of these little kids, no, 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 no. If those kids died and went to heaven, that's fine. They were all same fine. But understand. You need to work harder to make sure all these children know Jesus Christ. Because they don't start in him. They start in the womb. They start in sperm. They start in eggs. And we need to stop telling people they start elsewhere. When God says he has to give somebody conception, He says, I bound up the, her eggs or I won't let the womb catch it. Conceive, catch. We have to be mature Christians because we're not defending this man's kingdom. We're not fighting for his riches. We're not fighting for his treasures. We're not fighting for the lives that he needs, and we're not fighting because we have this whole this whole. it's okay thing. It's okay. It is not okay. Somebody said to me, well, how is it that you don't, you know, you, you just all involved in, it? I work for this man. I work for two worlds at once. I represent a sovereign God who wants me to go and let his sovereignty be known so his salvation can bring his people home. That is what I do. My job is to bring God's people home. I'm clear about that. And while they're here, see to it that every providence that he made for his people Is available to them I love doing this I absolutely love, love, love it I thank God for it I thank God for the Periscope people I thank God for the Facebook folks I know some folks don't like them Just because ugly can come out of a piece of rock Doesn't mean gold's not in there You know gold Is always buried in dirt So I thank God for it. I want you all to think differently. I don't know who you are, young daughter. I don't. But I see you. And I'm telling you, sweetheart, it's not what they say. They tell you it's just clip, clip, and gone. We're looking at videos of old women cracking up at how they destroy in, defenseless infants, and the country doesn't care. You know why? Devils in high places. Sitting up in those souls. There is no way you can look at those pictures and listen to the, 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 the ghoulish jokes, ghoulish jokes that they make and not be affected unless death owns your soul, because that's the only people who enjoy death, especially the death of the young. Death owns your soul. Whew. Did we have a good time tonight, Prophet Ashley? We had a mind-blowing time. Are they all right? Are you guys okay? Yeah, we thank God for you, guys Yeah. Well, that's real. Thank God.
0: Yes, I thank God for you. <laughs> thank you, and we love you for it.
1: Love this word. Wow. Well, you know what? This is a word that shakes kingdoms, so you need to pray. You need to pray, and you need to pray hard for two things, for this word. I understand now why Paul kept saying, pray for me, that I would speak the word of God as I ought. He had to pray. He couldn't just pray for open doors because he knew open doors were open adversaries. Open doors means that. You open a window, you get fresh air and bugs and thieves if they're passing by. So you have to understand this is a prayer thing. I need a powerful intercessory force, a powerful intercessory team, and I need you to be global. I'm looking at uh, this thing being pushed on nations who do care about their generations. But they have to make like a decision between this and help. That's crazy. This is a death, the prince of death. This is a death spirit. Abortion is a death ministry. And I'm telling you, abortionists are priests of death and not just natural causes, priests of murder. These are, I'm telling you, because there's no way in the world you could look at those pictures. I have them in my computer and, say, and not feel like, oh, my God, what have we become? Death. Christians talk about God told them it's okay. No, you're not. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, nah, nah, that's death. Jesus said a lot of people are going to steal his identity. Death borrowed his identity that day and told you that lie. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ on every one of you, and I do plead the blood. You know why? Because some of y'all don't have the blood. And some of us need a new dip in the blood. You know, somebody asked me, should you plead the blood? Because it's done. The blood's on the altar. If the blood was still on the altar, what was left on the cross? Because he said the blood is still on the cross. That blood dried up on that cross, and that blood hit the ground. Hebrews said that blood still talks today, and it's just as efficacious. If you can't plead the blood, how are people getting saved? Because we're saved by watering the blood. And again, logic. You know, I don't just have rainbow. I work. I roll in logos or logos, logos. However, they want to say it depends on how you say it. I'm from New Jersey, and so I'm saying logos in my my part of Jersey. But I, I, I'm telling you, I asked God for it. I did not. I learned the Bible because God asked me a question I couldn't answer. And you know what that question was? Why did I do that? I'm thinking, you're God? Okay, with well, yeah. me okay, answer. Yeah, but why would I do that? And why would I pin that for generations knowing how much hostility people would have against it? And I had to dig, and he wouldn't tell me. He said, just keep reading and dig. Just keep reading and dig. Some, some things God didn't tell me until 20 years later. And I didn't preach it until he told me. Because you shouldn't, so you shouldn't speak out a revelation if you cannot support it with the education. Because when people ask you to elaborate on it, you're going to stutter. But <laughs> you I don't know. Go read Bible. Well, you said you were, you said you were preaching from the Bible. You should never just run on a revelation until you've dug it out and turned it into an at least, at least information. Research proves revelation. I uh, always say that to my students. They write some these, you know, they try to write me these outlandish things in their papers, and they try to woo me and wow me with something God said. And I'm like, prove it. Find it. Show it to me. Well, I mean, I just got it from the Spirit. Well, the Spirit bears witness to the Word, and the Word bears witness to the Spirit. So I, say, I suggest you get them both in a room and find out what that's all about. I don't take wild revelations. I never had. Even when I had my first class, I never did. Proof it. Give me something. Because everything that God is dealing with in his creation is here in some format, some form. And trust me, you know, they ask, why why are my people so strong? Because I don't let them run out weak. They can't run out on crazy stuff. Where are you getting that from? They can't do that. I will fail them before I let them go out there and run crazy. Because God, we represent the all-wise God. Why is your paper not sounding like wisdom? You're a teacher. Stop letting your people wow you with some spectacular thing you can't prove and neither can they. I don't let them do it. Find me some scripture. And you know what they do? They find it. And they come back. Don't they, prophet Ashley? (laughs) 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 I don't I don't want that. You know, I did not get this way with, with me just telling God any old thing. I had to dick. There were times and I would cry when I my early days I pouted and cried all the time. I would cry I'm um, lifting Jesus, I'm sleep. You know, and and see, God doesn't talk to sleep, just sits on the other side of the room saying, I can't help you. Ah. I look to sleep for many nights, night talking about, "Uh uh-uh, I can't come back over there. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out this word, figure out this term, dig this up, read this book. I used to have books this high, thank God for the internet, this high on either side of my bed, trying to figure it out. God, I can't find it, it's in there. It's not in there, Jesus. I wrote the book, Paul, it's in there. Okay. Oh, yeah. I went through. Oh, thank God. Google. But, baby, when the man came up with a Google, and then we got some Bible gateway, we got some, oh, come on, and the Bible hub. I like the Bible hub people. Love those people. And don't mess with me with the etymology dictionary and all that. Oh, no, because i 'm telling you, I learned to do all of that because God told me you are not running out saying stuff is mean when it 's not me you're not going to make my people believe in hope and a lie. that is his word on my life. You cannot make my people believe in hope and a lie, and nor can you cause them to worship me in error. How do it hey, I love you guys. I know you love me I do know hey and if you do hey so Bless the Lord. So some seeds. But until then, till Thursday, which is Paul Price Show and Prophetic Acts, have a great, great Wednesday and search it out before you speak it out. God bless you and good night.